Welcome to First Draft, everybody. I am Chris Sproul, riding tandem with Mel Kuyper Jr. Just the two of us today. We'll get the whole gang back together at some point here soon, but it's just Mel and I today, and we're going to go back down our traditional path, draft week, draft props, Mel. I mean, you've been doing this for 40 years, 36 on ESPN. One of the top news stories today on the site is the, the, the Caesars has up Tua versus Herbert. Who's going to go first? Draft props are like an industry now, and I get that nobody has anything else to bet on unless you're Chris Felica, mm-hmm. the bear, betting ponies overseas. But holy cow, man, NFL draft props are a thing now. Yeah, cause it's, and it's going to be very difficult to predict you know, where these guys are going to go. Nobody really knows about Tua and Herbert <laughs> right now. I'm going to probably end up – after all said and done, thinking, are they going to do the same thing they did with Drew Brees and pass on Tua? You know, do you really right. think they will? I might stick with Tua there, go Herbert to the Chargers, haven't decided yet. That's fluid day by day. But I think at the end, uh, I'd rather be wrong on Tua there uh, than try to figure out where he's going to slide to. Because once he gets yeah. past there, if the Chargers aren't going and to take these him. These draft props are really fun this year, Mel, before we get into it, just because – Everybody's setup is so different. Everybody's discombobulated. You don't know, you know, as, as you're talking to people in the league, how much time mm-hmm. they're spending talking to each other versus trying to get their own boards right and get their setups right and get their communications down. Right. So it's going to be a really interesting year. I mean, we've been talking about it, but it could be a weird year for mock drafts in the end um, just because, like I said, it's, it's, it's really different. These teams are not meeting the same way. They're not scouting exactly the same way as they have in years past. So who knows what it'll all look like. I will say, though, we got some pretty fun props on the board. I'm just going to set it up with an easy one so people understand exactly what we're doing. So the first prop, if you were going to walk in the book at Caesars right now, is first mm-hmm. or QBs drafted in round one. The over right now, the over-under is set at four, a flat four. There's no real value on this. It's at minus 105, so nobody's going to bet it, or else they're going to bet it as a part of something else. But what do you think, Mel? Let's just get into it. Four, can you can you make a case for five QBs drafted in round one? This just seems like a push. It does unless Jalen Hurts gets in there. And that's right. the only one I think right now has a viable shot, maybe for somebody trading back into the late first uh, and taking Hurts, knowing he won't be there in the late second, uh, mid to late second probably. So I could, I'll, I'll probably stick with the four, but the fifth one, like I say, could be very easily Jalen Hurts. All right, let's get into this other QB prop. I kind of like this one. QBs drafted in the first five picks of the draft. The over here, if there's, if it's over two and a half, somehow if three quarterbacks go in the top five, you're making little money. It's at plus two forty. Mel, can you make a case for three quarterbacks in the top five? It's going to take a trade. No. No, because it's, we're trying to think <laughs> about whether Miami and the Chargers will even take a quarterback if they fall in their lap. So I would say yeah. knowing that, it, it's probably only going to be one to Miami and then the Burrow pick the Cincinnati, which gets you to two, not the three. Yeah, you can actually, depending on where you're looking at this one, you can make a case Still, that there could be only be one quarterback draft in the top five. It's at least possible. You could if you think. So, yeah, Peter Schrager is like the value. When he ESPN, he's not sure. Yeah, he's not sure yeah. if Miami will. So if Miami doesn't, then you get down to one. So I'd say the most will be in the first five will be two. Yeah, Mel Mel doesn't want you to jump in on there, folks. Even at plus two forty. All right, here we go. Player to be drafted first. 
This is an interesting one. Justin Herbert or Jordan Love. There's a lot of value on Jordan Love, Mel, at plus 600. Talk somebody into it. <laughs> Can't do it. I don't know where Herbert's going to go. If Miami doesn't take him, do the Chargers take him? If they don't, who takes him? Jacksonville seems committed to Minshew, but does their whole theory change and their philosophy change about this whole thing right. if he's there? Uh, what does Carolina do? And knowing that they didn't expect the quarterback, they got Teddy Bridgewater for a couple of years. I still think Herbert goes ahead of love, but trying to find a spot right. for both of them, if, if they get past, if Herbert gets past Miami and the Chargers is really tough. And because there's nobody else that you would peg a team that would take a quarterback unless they feel like he's the best player on the board and we can't pass him up. Well, Jordan Love strikes me, though, and we've talked about this ad nauseum, so why not continue? He's He's got that thing where he's the Josh Allen, he's the Patrick Mahomes, where he's he's the tool shed of this draft. And we had a uh, we had a file out today on ESPN.com with, with some kind of like the comps we love. And one of them, Jim Nagy, one of them for Jim Nagy was Mah- uh, Jordan Love shows some of those Patrick Mahomes moments with the arm talent and some of the stuff he can do. And it just strikes me. We've seen weird things happen with quarterbacks. I remember being shocked looking over at you as it happened when Blake Bortles went at number three and they kept that really close mm-hmm. to the vest. Like if a guy's a great physical talent, if, if you fall in love with the kid, weird things happen sometimes. Yeah, and this year probably more so than any other. So, no, I would still think Herbert, <laughs> like we talked about with Herbert, if there's a team that yeah. feels like, you know, we got, what I'm talking about teams that feel like he's the best player and we got to take him would be Carolina, knowing it would be an upgrade over Bridgewater and Jacksonville. Those would be the two teams there. The Vegas Raiders, that was just a hunch. It seems like, you know, there's kind of mixed opinion on that. More people thinking they're not going to take a quarterback. They pick a 12 and 19. You get past there. Is Tampa Bay going to draft the heir apparent to Brady? No, they're going to try to help Brady with an offensive lineman or a receiver. So I think you get down back to Miami. If Miami doesn't take a quarterback at five, they get one at 18. Take your pick. Who's there? If they don't take a quarterback there and they take Tua, then you get down to Jacksonville at 20. You think Jacksonville at 20 is going to pass on a quarterback if there's one there? Uh, it's tough. I'm not going to hit the gas for my boy uh, Minshew that bad. <laughs> no, that's what I say. That's why you get to the point where some people think, and Daniel Jeremiah had Green Bay taking Jordan Love. Yeah. No, I can see it. And yeah, no, so I mean, no. go through. I don't want to spend too much time on Jordan Love, but – I come back to the Patrick Mahomes thing, not just as a player comp, but one thing we do as fans more than you guys do as analysts, I would say, is we we say, okay, well, where where's where does a team that doesn't have a quarterback? Whereas a lot of NFL front offices, and you know this, we both know this, they're not looking at Jordan Love as a dude they want to start in week one. Patrick Mahomes was drafted and didn't play any football his rookie season until week seventeen. Um, and you, there's a history here where you, when a guy falls into the twenties, you brought up the Packers, Aaron Rodgers was drafted and Brett Favre was still really good. So there could be a front office or more out there that is completely putting Jordan Love in that separate box where he becomes a value. I like the, I like your mention of the Raiders for that reason. Gruden certainly knows how it worked out with Rodgers. So I do think that that is one thing that we have to consider with some of these quarterbacks is, not unlike Mahomes, not unlike Rodgers. Sometimes there's still a lot of, I think, smart, some people can call it old-school thinkers that say, no, 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 I don't want to draft a quarterback in round one just just because I have a hole there. 
I want, I'd rather have Andy right. Dalton starting. I'd rather have Chase Daniels right. starting. So help me God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that could certainly be the case with Love. All right, here we go. I like this one. Not a lot of value in it. Plus 135 is the yes. But will there be a wide receiver drafted in the top 10? You can find a way to mock it differently, but what do you think, Mel? Well, that's tough. I think no. I think no. And I'll say if you if you had a look at the offensive tackle to Arizona, because Hopkins is there, so they're not taking a receiver. Carolina seems locked into Derek Brown or Simmons if he slid. Jacksonville probably. I thought Jerry Judy, but you know C.J. Henderson is going to be tough to pass up. And I keep hearing Chris that they could make a trade at nine and go down to sixteen with Atlanta. Atlanta jump up to get Henderson, and Jacksonville right. moves down to sixteen, and they have sixteen and twenty. I would I would think Cleveland would take a tackle, be it Andrew Thomas, probably now over Makai Becton. So you know and the Jets could still take an offensive tackle. I'm, you might not see a receiver go to. 13, 14, or 15. So I would say to the top 10 right now, no. It's interesting because, you know, one of the fascinating kind of juxtapositions here, Mel, is you and Todd, you guys you guys have been saying this wide receiver class is absolutely loaded, but that doesn't mean there's a Calvin Johnson. That doesn't mean there's an A.J. Green. No. It means more that it's a long tail, that you're going to have – you're going to see an athlete like Gandy Golden maybe in the fourth, fifth, sixth round, like some of these guys, yep. um, particularly just great athletes that you can get further down the board. It doesn't just mean Judy, Ruggs, uh, C.D. Lamb, that there's going to be a run on them early. Right. No, and I think this receiver core, too, is a lot of mixed opinion. I mean, everybody doesn't love Chase Claypool. Everybody doesn't love K.J. Hamler because right. they drop passes. So, again, like when Brashad Perryman came out, everybody didn't love him. He dropped passes. Now he's trying to find a home now in, with the Jets after coming on with Tampa, after being let go by a couple teams. So, to me, it's like I say, this is a, a deep core, but everybody's not in agreement that all these guys are going to be really good. So, while there might be 25 to 30 that are going to go, uh, and out of that group there's going to be some busts. And there's, like I say, there's a lot of teams that aren't quite as high on some of those receivers as maybe other teams are. Yeah. All right, well, let's look at further at this wide receiver group because you said no, let's let's say no on the top 10, but another one of the props yep. that's up right now is okay. with the over-under set at five and a half wide right. receivers to be drafted in the first round. Not a lot of value on it. The under the under hits, it's plus 150. All right. What do you think, Mel? Well, I got Over-under, Judy. We five have, we and know, a half wide receivers round one. We know Judy and Lamb. We're pretty sure that Jefferson is going to go up there. Mort, uh, Chris Mortensen thinks Tampa Bay will take Jefferson to put in that slot for Tom Brady, who loves the slot receiver. And then you would have you know, Godwin with Evans, and then you have the tight ends with Howard and Brake, and now you add a guy like Jefferson. So now you got all these weapons, right? All right, right. And then you go to – that's three. Then you go down to Ruggs. That's four. Ayuk, five. Sixth receiver would be T. Higgins, maybe to Baltimore at 28. So I would say six go in the first round. Maybe Jalen Rager's the seventh. I'm putting him in the early second. Who among those guys, I th- it's probably the latter two, kind of has the most interesting range. Like, I, I call it a player that could be taken at 18, but if he was on the board at 36, you're not like, well, blown away by it. You're just saying, hey, true. guys fall. No. no, I think of that group, Iuke, but I keep hearing him in the first. 
And I, you know, Higgins right. has always been mocked in the first, but you know, he's the kind of guy that I think would fit with Baltimore once. They, they don't have anybody. Think about that. Hollywood Brown, Miles Boykins, an unproven, you know, entity. They don't know what they're going right. to get out of him. They're going to get Lamar some guys. And Higgins is a big catch radius guy. He's got to be more physical for his size. Had a great career up until the, basically the final four. When he was kind of limited a little bit. But, uh, yeah, T. Higgins, I think, would be the sixth. Like I say, Jalen Rager from TCU could be. Because what you're going to end up doing, maybe, Chris, is have Green Bay at 30, maybe not looking at a receiver, but maybe looking at Cole Komet, the tight end from Notre Dame. And then all of a sudden, that could be a possibility for Rager. So I think, what would you say, the over-under here is five and a half? Over-under is five and a half. Yeah, I think you're pretty safe at six. Yeah, again, it's interesting because it shows the depth and the kind of the how this class is set up. Where there's just a lot of really good wide receivers. I'll throw one more name in there to get us to a crazy total of seven, which I don't expect to happen. But you know, there's a lot of people that really like Michael Pittman Jr. You got six four, two twenty plus, not a burner, but four five two. That's not bad at all at that size. And again, the guy didn't drop the ball. I think he dropped one point four percent. Drop rate in 2019. I'm just reading your board, and it says that. I mean, this, this, there's a lot of these guys. One of my favorite players in the draft, right there. And like I said, if you're going to go for speed, you say, well, four five two at six four two twenty three is pretty good. He ran faster than Juju Smith Schuster yeah. did. He's got great hands, great bloodlines with his father. I don't know how he gets out of the first. I, I, I may put him in the last mock. You're right, Chris. Michael Pittman Jr. could be another one. Rager's another one. So if you're Green Bay and all you have is Devontae Adams and nothing else. Uh, you would have to think of a receiver or the tight end, Cole Komet. So, yeah, that's why I say I think you could get the seven, not eight, but I think six is very safe. Michael Pittman, the the, the dad, had uh, biceps that were about my waist size, if you recall, Mel. Fresno State running back, yeah. Yeah, big guy. All right, here we go. A classic favorite. Now, Mel, a few years ago we went on a two-year run where everybody was following the Kuiper mandate. You don't have to draft a running back in round one. I mean, gosh, there was the year where Gio Bernard was the first back taken, mm-hmm. I think 45. This is a kind of an interesting year because we have a couple guys that could easily go in round one, but they're beginning like, are you going to take, you know, are you going to take a Swift? Are you going to take a Dobbins? Are you going to take one of these great wide receivers? If there's a run on wide receivers, you might be skipping on that. You might be skipping on that back. So here's where the action is right now. No, is it plus 140? Yes, is it minus 170? I'll just say flat out, is there a chance we get through round one without a running back? There is a chance, Chris. I think there's a chance to go. Yeah. yeah I think I you think could see I maybe think... Miami, at, Miami at 26 with Swift. And you know what? I'm going to listen to Lewis Riddick on this and go Kansas City at 32 with Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, it's it's hard to um, it's hard to. And your Buckeye J.K. Dobbins isn't, isn't out of the question. I mean, you know, Dobbins could no. get into. For, I mean, there's a there's three first round caliber running backs. Probably right. one to two go. Right now, I'll say two go. Yeah, and it, you don't mind it. I mean, we've seen the Patriots do it. We've seen the, the Saints do it. If you're a team that thinks, well, we really like this player, once you start getting into that mm-hmm. 25 to 32 range, right. and you know this guy's a plug-and-play like a Jonathan Taylor, mm-hmm. you know, minus you know some of the ball security issues, you can. It, it's not crazy to talk yourself into the value in that range. Again, look what Seattle did when they went with Rashad Penny. When obviously they had other needs. You get to, you're at 29. You just say, hey, this guy's going to play. That hasn't worked out great. But, mm-hmm. again, 
smart teams, they can talk themselves into a great running back really easily. Yeah, I don't, I don't really think there's any value on the no there, that's for sure. Um, let's hit another one of these here. There's a specific one. I, I like this. I'm going to come back to the wide receivers. There's a specific one on T. Higgins to be drafted in round one. Is there any value on the no at minus 150? You know, I think he's going to. So it's hard. I can't say no if I'm thinking he's going right. to Baltimore or Philadelphia uh, or Green Bay. So I would think T. Higgins. Some think he's an early two. I think he goes in the late one, uh, too productive, yeah. too much talent. Uh, he's not perfect. That's why he's going in the late 20s. But I, I think he goes. Yeah, there's and there's not a lot of value on this. But he is one of those guys that's got a little bit of a range on him. The yes is only at plus 120. So save your money. Um all right, this is a fun one because this combines there's – there's some value on this player, plus he's a Kuiper guy. The player to be drafted first, it's Becton versus Willis, the two great offensive tackles. Mel, you have Becton at 19, I think, or 20, somewhere around there on your final rankings, but you love this guy. Could you see a team falling in love with him and taking him before Willis? No, uh, no, Jedrick Wills I think goes. Uh, Jedrick Wills Jr. I think <laughs> goes in the top. I think he goes in the top eight. I'm not a Becton with the positive test result and the weight management issue. Where is he going right. to be 360 to 365, or is he going to be 385 to 390? What's his weight going to be? Because that determines your fate at left tackle. Um, pushes him down a little bit. I think those two factors push him down. Uh, you know, Jedrick Wills is Mr. Consistency. He's a great athlete. He played right tackle. Chris, I'm telling you, he's going to be a left tackle in the NFL. The Jets draft right. him at 11. They're playing him at left. He's going to be a, an improvement over Fant. He'll be a right tackle immediately and then an improvement over Fant down the road. So we'll probably be in year two. So I'm going to say on a pretty high degree of certainty, it's Jedrick Wills. Yeah, Jedrick Wills at minus 360. There's no real value. What you're betting here with Becton at plus 280 is you're betting – Somebody's going to fall in love with the traits here, like our guy Kuiper has. But as Mel said, there's there's been some uh, negative momentum on on Becton's status yes. here the last yes. couple of weeks. That's probably gonna that's it's gonna push him out of that top range where you say, all right, he's a perfect prospect. You for know what us. he does? He becomes like remember Laramie remember Laramie Tunsil drop down yes. to Miami. Yes. You can see I can see Miami even at 18 looking at Becton or somebody like that, right. Chris. So I think Becton drops down a little bit from where he was projected to go at 10. He drops maybe eight spots. Yeah, that was a crazy situation, but it ended up where Ronnie Stanley became the pick there earlier on. So, yep. all right, let's take a prop here on the top two linebackers on your board. Not a lot of value in it, but the prop is – which player is drafted first, Murray or Queen? Obviously, we're talking about Kenneth Murray and Patrick Queen, the great pair of linebackers, one out of Oklahoma, one out of LSU. What do you say, Mel? I'm going to go Murray. Uh, Murray had yeah. the more of a productive career. Um, you know, Queen had the one season. Um, because of that, Chris, I think that's the reason. That kind of tips the scales a little bit to Murray to me. I think, you know, he's – they both ran right at four or five. Um, they're both outstanding players. I think Murray goes around that 18 to 20 range, and Queen goes like 24 to 28. All right. Let's hit one that's kind of interesting because he's a total – he's one of the names we didn't bring up. But late mm -hmm. first round, anything can happen in terms of some of the players that pop up. 
The prop right now is that will Denzel Mims be drafted in the first round? He's a long shot right now. How long of a shot, Mel? Thought he could. He had a great combine. He had a great senior bowl week. I think the thing that's going to push him out of the first round is Baylor's offense. Um, you know, the Corey Coleman's and others that have struggled um, coming out of that type of offense. I'll say he goes early second, not late first. Or I'd right. say early to mid-second, not late first. All right, going back to the top of the board a little bit here with some of these other props. These are all up at Caesars. These guys are expecting to get a lot of action. There's, there's no other show in town. It's only the Kuiper show this week. All right, now, will Justin Herbert be selected in the top five? There's no real value in this. Yes, at well, minus 110. No, at minus 120. Yeah, but I would probably right now say no. Just if yeah. I'm thinking Tua goes there, you can't go. Yeah, both going there. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Yeah, if you want to play both, you know, if you think yeah. uh, Herbert's going to go a little, you know, maybe somebody could trade up. Uh, maybe, but that doesn't look like trade-ups are happening. Even those yeah. those two picks at three and four are for sale. you got to have a buyer. Even though you're selling, you better have a buyer. They don't. So I would say, Herbert, I would say if you're thinking two at five, then I would say no on Herbert at five. In, yeah. in another well, two hours, right. I might I switch. Think, honestly, without getting too deep into this, if you wanted to create a lot of value uh, – on these, on some of these props with the quarterbacks, if you're digging deep, you're gonna want to, you're gonna want to play them in combinations. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go too far down like the guys on Daily Wager could and show you how to do that. Here's another interesting name out there. Some people in love, some people really like him, some people like the pedigree, but I don't know if he's he's not where Willis is right now at offensive tackle. Will Andrew Thomas be selected in the top? Now, interesting, eleven picks. Because we obviously know at 10 and 11, there's needs there. Will Andrew Thomas be selected in the top 11? A little more on the no right here is at plus 130. What do you think? I would say he is because of Becton falling. Right. you got Cleveland now at 10, the Jets at 11. Both teams could certainly look at Thomas. You know, Cleveland brought in Jack Conklin. They need a left tackle, a pure left tackle. He is. So I would say just you know based on that that uh, that Thomas does go within the top eleven. Bill, do you think by the way, this aside, not a prop here, that that tackle is also a possibility at fourteen with Tampa Bay for obvious reasons? Oh yeah, yeah. I just don't know if they would take Becton or take the receiver. That could be yeah. a spot for Becton. Obviously, tackle or receiver. People thought running back, I think that's too high. So yeah, but I'm if just they like to- Justin. Yeah, they like Jefferson. They would probably just take him, and Becton brings with him a couple, uh, you know, concerns. So we talk about you know, uh, you know, helping out Tom Brady. Jefferson's a you know ready to go. He's a slot receiver. He had a phenomenal year for with Joe Burrow and Joe Brady. So that's a plug and play guy with Godwin and with Evans and with Brake and Howard. All of a sudden now Tom Brady's got all these all these uh, all these uh, you know pieces to to work into the equation at the uh, receiver and tight end. That would be pretty tough to stop. So I, I think they I think they take maybe the receiver which drops Beckton down just a bit. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, I could see I could see Tampa Bay's thought process here depending on how like how much they like mm-hmm. the depth at wide receiver. You mentioned the sp- slot specifically. If they would say, you know, let's just get the tackle. Let's just get the that that piece we like there, knowing that there's going to be more wide receivers available further down the board. But I think a lot of a lot of teams are going to be playing that kind of chess with this group of wide receivers. And you stated why. It's just there's so much depth there that they could be looking. Mm-hmm. Eh, let's get this other need 
Paul didn't eat it first. And I know most teams stick to their boards, but it's it, it, you'd be surprised how many times those boards align with where they actually have some pretty big needs. Um, mm-hmm. Wanted to get a, a fun one just based on conferences here. But there's a prop up about Big Ten players selected in the top ten. What do you think? I'm 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 building up the number in my head here. I gotta I gotta look at the number that they're offering us here. Uh, let's see. Here. I'd say three. What are they saying? Yeah. Um, I think it's I think it's I think the over under set of two and a half or three and a half. I'm trying to find it though. Yeah, I would say. I can't three. imagine. I can't imagine here. it would be over that. No, you have Young Okuda, and then you would have yep. worse. Uh, so you would have three in the top ten. Really isn't – when I'm looking down here, Chris, there's really not a fourth. So three is right. – it's got to be two and a half. can't be three and a half. Got to be two and a half. It is. Um, yeah, two and a half, let's say over two and a half. Yeah. yeah. All right, one more interesting one here. With all the value in the world on a long shot here. So – they have a prop up right now that's first wide receiver to be drafted. Now I don't. I think it goes back, but I, I remember Williamson going to Minnesota. I think we all remember mm-hmm. your Terp Darius Hayward Bay. Like some weird things have happened at wide receiver in the past. A lot of it based yeah. on you know teams fall in love with the traits. But this is a tricky one. So the first wide receiver to be drafted, the four that are listed, or the top four that are listed. Or C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy, and Henry Ruggs. The, the two outliers where you can get a ton of money back is if some team falls in love with T. Higgins or Justin Jefferson. Mel, in a 1% world, which is the kind of money that you're going to make if you hit one of these, I, don't, I can't see T. Higgins with some of the question marks being taken that high. But again, no. then again, we've been surprised no. before. No, I would go Jefferson. I would if if you had to take a flyer on somebody that could Total maybe, long shot. yeah, yeah. Because if if the Forty ers would trade that pick and somebody right. jumps into thirteen, and it seems like everybody Adam Schefter was reporting they're trying to trade out of thirteen and thirty one to get more picks. They have no picks in like the second through fifth round or fourth right. round. Uh, I would say you, you could take Tampa Bay. If Mort's right on Tampa Bay t- loving Jefferson, then maybe Jefferson is the first receiver taken. So of that group, if you had to take like take a chance, it's like taking a, a like a 15, 18, 20-point underdog in, you know, in, in college. You know, yep. You're doing that. Or college, if you're going to want to take the two-touchdown, three-touchdown underdog and take a shot, maybe went out right on the money line or something, however you want to do that, yeah. you know, you'd, take, you'd probably take Jefferson. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I can't see it with Higgins, just given some of the question marks, which isn't a knock on the kid. It's just no. he's, he's stacking no, he's them not up. Going. Against. He's not, he's, it's not like it's not like Judy's five six, and it's not like C.D. Lamb's got this ridiculous injury history. You're 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 checking a lot of boxes with these guys ahead of them, and so uh, yeah, it's it's just really hard to see that one. Whereas Justin Jefferson, I don't know, somebody falls in love and the board doesn't break the way they wanted. Who knows? All right, one of the ones I was he talking ran four, to four, three to kid did. I mean, uh, Jefferson's the. the yeah. I mean, for people to think, well, Jefferson ran the way he did, which was a surprise. He had a great year. He's definitely right. viable in that fourteen area. All right, here's a fun one because I can see people playing this one in combinations. Which round will Jalen Hurts be drafted? Now, there's four numbers up. Obviously, round one is at plus eleven hundred. So again, that's that's your. It's not even close to like Justin Jefferson territory, but if you want to make a couple bucks, throwing 
saying somebody might take a flyer or trade trade in because they love the kid and to get Jalen Hurts in round one at plus eleven hundred. Then round two's at minus one forty. So the market's kind of saying this is a second round pick. But there's also plus 130 on round three and then plus 1,100 again on rounds four through seven. I can see a lot of people buying tickets at round three and round four through seven. What do you think, Mel? Where do you think he's yeah, ultimately going to I think you're wasting up? your money on that one. I think, I think that's a throwaway. <laughs> I, I would, I would yeah. say I would say then get out of the second round, which we've been saying for like two, three weeks now. Right. I think there's a chance he could go in the late first on a trade up in there, maybe New England or somebody like that. Chargers, people keep saying Chargers maybe as the heir apparent to Tyrod Taylor if they keep Taylor for a year there or whatever. Um, I would say I'd take a shot on the, on the first round for him. There's no value in the second, right? Right. None. I like it. No, I think it's all the value is on the first round or rounds three and then or really rounds four through seven. Either, 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 either the – Either the the word that's out on him is false, um, you know he's Connor Cook, a guy that we thought was a, a potential first round pick that plummeted. You find out teams didn't really like him at all. I don't think that that's really the buzz at all that we've gotten around uh, Jalen Hurts. Um, I agree. <laughs> I, I just don't see it. Yeah, I remember Connor Cook more specifically, and I I'm not hearing the same buzz around Jalen Hurts. I do like the value. Yeah, the vol the volatile the, the volatile quarterbacks that could drop a little bit are Jacob Eason and Jake Fromm. They were projected high right. at one point. You know, Fromm was up there in the stratospheres. Jacob Eason was considered a first rounder. So yeah, right. those are the two quarterbacks of the guys that were so called first round possibilities that could drop into the third round. And again, it's going back to the Jordan Love conversation that we had earlier. Teams don't always draft quarterbacks because they have a hold at quarterback. Teams draft quarterbacks because they see them as assets. Guy, think about Andy. Andy Reid would do it. Andy Reid would draft Kevin Cobb, or you know, when he had his quarterback still. Some of these guys, they see these guys as assets. They see these guys as they can put in some early packages now and then see what they have later. But it's the most valuable position in the sport. If you're going to take a flyer, yeah. All right, Mel, you've talked me into a couple bucks on Jalen Hurts in round one. Let's see it. Um, let me look at a couple of other ones of these that are actually pretty interesting before I start inventing my own. Um, I think I think that the, the Eason one, this one isn't up at Caesars, but I know some other boards have it, is if you can talk yourself into Eason at, you know, some interesting number, call it plus 2,000 to get into round one. Could you see that? No, not right now, no. That would be a surprise. Wow. Now, if you want to take a shot for the odds you're getting, you know, yeah. it doesn't hurt to put a few dollars on something that's got – it's a long shot that maybe 10% chance that somebody loves yeah. that size and arm strength. You know, I haven't heard it lately, so I would say no. But, you know, for that kind of odds, you know, a couple of dollars isn't going to hurt you. All right, let's go I through the – I don't like throwing it away. <laughs> We're not. Yeah. After all, you're you're doing the draft from uh, you're doing the draft from your houses. You're not from Vegas, so who exactly. cares? Um, number of offensive linemen selected in round one. This is interesting. I thought it might sit at five and a half. It's actually sitting at six and a half. Can you talk me into a seven here? Who would it be, Mel? Well, you just go through the list. You got Worfs is one, yeah. Thomas is two, Wills is three, Becton is four. Then you get down to Ruiz could be five. I don't think there's a sixth. So I'd say five. Well, that's that's what's interesting is there is 
the this was actually sitting there at six and a half. So you're saying crush the under on this. I don't. I I'm like you. I don't see. And again, this is offensive lineman. Full stop. It's not just. Well, you know why they're so doing that, is, Chris. They're doing that. They're doing that for this reason. Austin Jackson is the wild card. Right. Austin Jackson is a USC tackle with great talent, but he needs technique work. Uh, he's very right. young. He's only with 20 years of age. Uh, somebody could take him. That's your sixth, right? Then you think about yeah, Josh Jones and Ezra Cleveland. How you, Josh Jones is the only way I can get to seven, I think. Josh Jones or Ezra Cleveland, I don't think either one necessarily. Robert Hunt, if you want the big-time guard who can play right tackle yeah. and do both in the NFL. He did it in college. So to me, I'd say six five to six, because like I said, Austin Jackson, I'm considering for the late first. I haven't do, I'll do that mock tomorrow, but uh, yep. I'd say six. I, I'm not going to go to seven. All right, one other interesting one here. Guy you've been talking about a lot lately because everybody's looking for, you know, who after the top guy on the board. Will C.J. Henderson be selected in the top 12? Not top 10, top 12. Again, these these books are throwing these up based on where they can see there's yeah. obvious needs. Not a lot of yeah, value I here. Think he plus, is. plus it, or yes, is at plus 125, but. Um, I think he is. I think you got, you got that possible trade. You got Jacksonville could take him at eight. Excuse me, at nine. There, there's a possibility of Atlanta try, try, trying to trade, trade in the nine to get him. Then there's a possibility the Raiders could take him at 12. So I would say yes on the top 12 for Henderson. All right, here's one more. I'm just, I just got to point out the value. There is a Tua prop up there, folks. Will Tua be selected in the first six picks? So this is basically you're going. I'm going to say Tua, yes. You know, put Burrow. Well, out I can't of the see this. But it's, I cannot it's the, see it's if Miami versus, does pass. I can't see the Chargers passing. Right. So basically, but what this prop is essentially saying is: is there anybody? Is there a possibility that say Miami takes? Herbert, say say Herbert's the guy there, and this whole prop at, at no is at plus one eighty five. So the, the expectation is that he will be taken. But is there any value on betting against Tua, essentially against Jordan Love? You're saying you don't see it. I don't like to bet against things I don't think are necessarily going to happen, or, or bet against a yeah. guess where people think, well, you won't I think get that's out a good top ten. But you know, I don't like I don't like to go go against what you think, and I, I cannot see. Tua dropping past six. Uh, you know, people say, well, you know, I had Herbert at five. Well, yeah, I'm going to probably put two at five now. And then Herbert, if he doesn't go six, where does Herbert go? So, again, somebody's going to be a wild card here. Is it going to be Tua or Herbert? Like I said, Miami, are they going to rewrite history again and do it for the second time? We talked about him as a left-handed Drew Brees. You passed on Brees, you're going to pass on Tua. <laughs> All this stuff about Herbert, maybe a smoke screen. Because, you know, they don't want anybody trading up to get Tua. They, don't, they want to probably seem disinterested about Tua. Natter's word that they don't like Herbert. So I don't know what Miami's doing. They're talking about Peter, Peter Schrager thinks they're passing on quarterback at five entirely. Yeah. So if that's it's, the case, then you're and then you could see Tua drop a little bit. If Miami passes and the Chargers aren't taking them, uh, then all of a sudden, yeah. You, but if you're if you're thinking he will go, then you you say yeah, I think he goes in the top six. Mel, you you saying you don't like to get bet against bad like the bad scenario here? It reminds me of. Uh, Every time when we're doing picks in picks for college football in the fall, and I give you my three or four picks. No, Mel's not a bookie. We just like to do some picks and see who's uh, who gets the better record. And I take the team exactly. at like you know plus thirty five and a half against Ohio State, 
and they lose mm-hmm. by 50, and you're like, quit betting on terrible football teams. Well, you, you like that, but uh, you always like underdogs that have a shot to win. And I don't like right. underdogs who think they're getting 35 and they're going to lose by 28, you know. I don't, I don't like that kind of underdog. So I, I think here, too, if you, if you think – it depends on the value of doing it. If you want to throw a couple of dollars, right. if it's a great value of two, it drops out of the top six, then you can do it. But, you're, you know, again, I'm, believe me, nobody knows where these quarterbacks are going, Chris. Nobody. No. Unless you're, you know, you're part of Miami's organization or part of the Chargers, and you know exactly what they're doing. Uh, but, uh, you know, for me, I don't think – I haven't heard anybody be very strong about any statement of definitively about where uh, these quarterbacks are going to go beyond Joe Burrow locked in number one. There's nothing more draft week than I'm sorry, I'm just calling them silly rumors coming out that there's teams that teams that are up high on the board that like don't like Isaiah Simmons, which is like the most classic draft thing ever, you know, to get a, to try to talk teams into having a guy fall. Well, you know why, but, Chris? Well, there, there's a reason. He's not he's not a sack artist. And most people right. think you want your linebacker to be that. You don't want to draft a linebacker at 4 to be a cover guy. You know what I mean? Right. A tight end cover guy. You know, so to me, that's where the value they think, if you go back to Banks and Taylor and what the Giants did last time they drafted a linebacker in the first round, that you want some guy with some sack production. And Isaiah Simmons, that's not his forte right now. His forte All is right, now. going back, you, you know, going back and covering and being a, that combo safety corner linebacker do it all guy. So I can see that. I can see the Giants forcing a pick like worse. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah thinks that's where they'll go. Obviously, their quarterback uh, Daniel Jones is a franchise guy. He showed that as a rookie. Uh, I think they feel very comfortable that uh, with him as a franchise quarterback, but he can't get hit as much. So uh, you know, and people say, "Well, he fumbled too much." I'll ask you this, Chris. I, I said that I'm going to say this tomorrow or Thursday. Have you ever seen a quarterback's career? end and they say well he wasn't as good as he maybe should have been because he fumbled too much Dave Craig <laughs> no I don't <laughs> Dave know Craig wasn't bad. no Dave he Craig wasn't went, bad Brett I, fumbled him. no no yeah I, I I I hear you it's not at that spot no. All right, so no. I think I think I think Wirfs could go Wirfs or, or Wills or somebody could go at four and then Simmons where Simmons go after that does he go to Chargers I mean, at that at that point, man. I mean, that Chargers defense looks really interesting with Simmons. It's a monster back, uh, Hall of Fame yeah. unit back there. If they have Simmons, that's that's fascinating. But no, I I don't see it. I mean, whatever. Yeah, some people I, think I, Derek I Brown. I don't, people, I don't, is there any props? On, is there a prop on Derek Brown? Uh, I don't see one specifically on Derek Brown. Uh, maybe it's just because the range isn't wide enough. I know some books have it. I'm just looking at the sheet I'm looking at right now. So here's the thing. I know these are going to be up somewhere. I'm going to create. I'm going to create a little bit of a uh, little bit of a prop of my own right now. It's something I do every year. So who is? Let's just again. You got ten bucks and you want to make five hundred. Mel, let's each pick a player that you don't see as a first-round player, that you're going to say, wow, I'm surprised by that. I think you could have gotten this guy later. Who is the guy that could go in round one that you're throwing 10 bucks on because you think somebody com- com- completely fall in love with something about him? Who is that guy that's further down the board? I would say Hurts. Yeah. That's the only He's pretty one I far down of. your board in terms of just your overall rankings. I mean, you like him as well, a Well, I'll tell you a couple right? guys. A couple guys could factor in there. A, a couple names that could go that maybe aren't projected in every – Marlon Davidson, defensive Auburn, could go. Auburn. Jonathan Taylor, running back Wisconsin, could go. 
Um, Jalen Rager. Michael Pittman Jr. Jalen Rager and Michael Pittman Jr., one of those receivers, could go. Cole Komet, tight end Notre Dame, could go. Uh, Justin Matabike, defensive tackle A&M, or Ross Blacklock, defensive tackle TCU, TCU could go in the first. Um, let me see if there's anybody else on this list that I had. Um, no, no. Jeff Gladney, cornerback TCU, could go. Um, some people I'll like Damon Arnett, cornerback of Ohio, your, your Buckeye, Damon Arnett, so I've heard him. Um, if somebody I'll, likes Grant Delpit's uh, film from 2018, maybe Grant Delpit, safety LSU, could possibly go. Austin Jackson, tackle USC, is another one. And as I said, Chris, I think the two running backs and maybe Dobbins, and maybe it's a year of throwback year where three, I had a guy tell me two to three running backs would go in the first. So, and, uh, and, and probably five way, in the I, second round. A, a, a total wild card. I don't see this happening again, but given the position of value right. that it is, I'm trying to – I was been in my head trying to find a way to get to seven offensive linemen in the round one. If somebody falls in love with Ezra Cleveland, I mean, right. again, it's it's 10 bucks to make 500, but that's one more name you could throw out there. If you're going to play – if you're going to play the over six-and-a-half offensive linemen, you might as well pick up an Ezra Cleveland prop while you're Well, he was in it. a mock. Now, I, think I, I, I had him in a mock. Yeah. What they do is, Chris, they look at all these mocks, and they see these guys, and they figure, okay, how many actually have been mocked in the first? And they get a number, and they come right. up with six-and-a-half. So that Cleveland has – yeah, when the consensus on Cleveland is more second round right now. Right. Oh, absolutely. I'm just I'm just talking myself into that long shot that people are going to be looking for to go in round one. And he certainly fits the bill. All right, Mel, we've done 45 minutes of props. I'd say that's pretty good, and you have to talk literally all week. Get some VIX. What do you think? <laughs> you, 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 you make any we'll calls into Vegas? I don't think so. No, but we'll be back, I think, on Sunday to review this whole thing, right? If if we make it through it all, yeah. If they they could knowing about the technical aspect of this, they could still be drafting on Sunday, Mel. So let's knock on wood. Hey, everybody! Yeah, just before we end this podcast, um, gotta mention: tune into the last dance, behind the scenes look at the '90s Chicago Bulls dynasty. The series continues this Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Can listen to the wrap up podcast hosted by Jalen and Jacoby immediately following the broadcast. It's presented by State Farm and AT&T, available wherever you enjoy your podcasts. That's it for first draft this week. For Mel, doing all the work, and me, Chris Sproul, that's first draft. Enjoy draft week.